Welcome to Craft Life Episode 20, Sweater Love. In this episode, I'm coming to you from a brand new location. We'll attempt to solve a mystery. There is a new segment debut. And much, much more. All this coming up in this episode of Craft Life, the podcast all about living the creative life. Happy February! I'm so glad to be back behind the mic. It has been a long time since I've spoken with you and since I've sat down to record a podcast and I've missed it and I've missed you and I'm just glad to be back here. If you are a returning listener, thanks for coming back and sticking with me over my little hiatus that I took over the month of January. And if you are a brand new listener, welcome. Welcome to the podcast and I hope you enjoy it and I hope you stick around and come back for more. Even though I haven't been recording the podcast over the past month, I have been working on the podcast. As I said in the intro, I'm coming to you from a brand new location. Okay, maybe not physical location. I am still podcasting from Arlington, Texas. However, the feed for this podcast has moved. That's right. Craft Life is no longer located at treacleandinketsy.wordpress.com. It is now located on its very own site, craftlifecentral.com. See, I had a birthday in January. I won't mention which birthday it was. It was not one that ended in a zero. Uh, But for my birthday, my lovely husband gifted me with my own domain name and web hosting. So, you know, what better gift to give a 21st century girl than a domain name and web hosting? And so Craft Life has moved Again, that new website address is craftlifecentral.com. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to move the Craft Life site for the show notes and all of the goodness that goes along with that over to its own site is that this really this really opens me up for a lot more possibilities of things to do with the site. It's a chance to bring you more interactive content and to move beyond just being a place to find show notes. Now, I have had some requests over oh, the past few months to, to have the knitterly parodies that have played such a large part in the last round of shows um, for those to be available for individual download, and now they are. There is a songs page at the new website, and it has a player in sort of the right-handed side of the screen, and you can play each one of those songs individually. And once you click to play a song, there'll be a little tab that will pop up to say download mp3. If you right click on that tab, you should be able to save the mp3 file to your computer. So you can have just those songs without having to scrub through the podcast to find them. I also have a sort of a fun and games page. Right now it it only has one, one little thing, but it's something that I'm really excited about. We have talked over the past about knitting addiction. And, you know, it's something that that many of us struggle with, this knitting addiction. And we did mention, oh, I think maybe around episode 12, uh, the possibility that some of us might be suffering from chronic knitter's syndrome. 
So if you think that you may be one of the people who is likely to be suffering from this from this disease, you can go over to the CKS questionnaire page on the website and you can take the CKS questionnaire and find out if you have chronic knitter syndrome or if you are likely to develop chronic knitter syndrome or if if you're just not. So if you're curious where you line up in that spectrum of chronic knitters, go on over to the CKS questionnaire page at the new website. Also, there's another thing that I'm really excited about. Craft Life now has an audio feedback line. This line's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is for you. This is for you if you would like to call and give feedback in an audio format. You can call the number 682-999-8409. Again, this is a voicemail line, so you don't have to worry about waking me up in the middle of the night. You can call this any time of the day, and there's a very high possibility that your feedback may be featured here on the podcast. I would love to be able to feature audio feedback from any of my listeners here on the podcast. So feel free to give that number a call. If you're calling from outside of the United States, the country code for the U.S. is one. So it won't be too hard for you to call in from anywhere around the world. So like I said, I'm very excited about the possibilities that come with the new place that Craft Life is coming to you from. Now, there's nothing that you need to do. If you're listening to this right now and you have subscribed to the podcast, obviously you're already getting it from the new feed site. So there's nothing you need to do to change that. In this episode, I'm very excited to be bringing you a new show segment. There is a thread on the Craft Life Ravelry Forum titled, I Want You for a New Show Segment. The segment that we're going to be introducing today relies very much on your input. It's not something that I can do without you. So if you feel the need to put in your two cents worth or your suggestion for this new segment, you can go on over to the I Want You for a new show segment thread in the Craft Life group on Ravelry. And I'll give you a little more details about what this segment is about later on in the podcast. Now, I do want to let you know with some of the changes that are going on here at Craft Life, One of the things that will not be going away is the music. I had a lot of very positive feedback in the last round of episodes um, from you saying that you really like the song. So those will be staying around. They will not be coming in every single episode, as was my attempt in the last round of episodes, because they really, they just take a lot of time. So they will still be here. They just won't be in every single episode, but I hope you enjoy them when they do show up. Well, as of the release of this podcast, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. So, in honor of Valentine's Day, I thought we'd we'd do a little talking about how knitting and love relate to one another well, or maybe not so well. So, let's get on with the rest of the show. It was a cold and rainy afternoon in the city that never sleeps. The heater in my office was on the fritz, and I took another sip of my coffee to fight back the chill and try to thaw out my hands. 
It was almost six, and I was looking forward to heading back to my place and taking a nice hot bath. I started to put my desk back in order when I heard someone open the office door. Hello, Mr. Crumb. She looked like she had just stepped off the cover of the latest Interweave Knits magazine. She was wearing an oversized cable cardigan of midnight blue merino that was cinched at the waist. Her hands were covered in a pair of blue and cream fair isle mittens, and a matching tam sat atop her auburn hair. I could tell by the clothes she was wearing that this lady was used to giving winter weather the cold shoulder. What can I do for you? I need you to help me find someone. And uh, who might this someone be? I need you to help me find my boyfriend. I usually didn't take on missing persons cases. Uncovering underhanded intrigues and matters of infidelity were my bread and butter. But she looked so sad and helpless standing there that I couldn't just turn her away. Besides, this might just turn out to be another one of those cheating heart cases after all. So you think your boyfriend's missing, Miss... Gloria. Gloria Collins, and that's right. Well, when did you last see him? It was five days ago. We went out for dinner to celebrate his birthday. After dinner, we went back to my place. I told him I had a really special birthday present waiting for him upstairs in my room. He followed me upstairs, and I gave it to him. You gave it to him, huh? Yes. And uh, what exactly did you give him? A sweater. A sweater? That's right, a sweater. But not just any sweater. One that I had knit myself. One that you had knit yourself? Oh, it was a beautiful sweater. It was dark gray and so soft. I spent ages working on it, and when he tried it on, it fit him perfectly. Yeah, and then what happened next? Well, a few minutes later, he started to feel sick. He said it must have been something he'd eaten at the restaurant. We said goodnight, and he walked out the door, and that was the last time I saw him. Something about this dame's story sounded familiar. The gifted sweater, the missing boyfriend. This was a pattern I had seen somewhere before. I couldn't put my finger on it at the moment, but something was telling me that this case was bigger than I realized. Maybe it was just the cold weather getting to me, or maybe it was the smell of damp wool that was starting to fill the air. Either way, I I felt like I needed to dig deeper into her story. How long have you known this boyfriend of yours? About six months. I was doing a set down at the Blue Martini, and he walked in during the last verse of It Had to Be You. That Blue Martini is a pretty snazzy joint. Our eyes met, and we've been inseparable ever since. Do you know if he had any enemies? Someone who might want to uh, bump him off, or... uh... You don't think something like that has happened to him? Oh, he may have been a bit of a palooka, but he's a real right guy. No, no, I I just want to check all the angles. You said that he began to feel sick after you gave him the sweater. How soon after? Almost immediately. He tried it on, and then about five minutes later, he said he wasn't feeling well, and he went home. He hasn't called or come over. I tried going over to his place, but no one answers the door. It's like he's fallen off the face of the earth. And that's when it hit me. I had seen this somewhere before. Stories of missing men turning up in the newspaper from time to time. Always the same story. Girl knits sweater. Girl gives sweater to boy. Boy vanishes. It looked like Miss Collins was just the next victim in a long line of heartaches. Listen, sister. I don't want to break your heart, but I don't think we're going to find your man. What? Why not? It sounds like your boyfriend is the latest unlucky sap to fall victim to the sweater curse.
This brings us to our brand new show segment that I like to call The Craft Life Two-Headed Oracle. This new segment is based off of an improv game. If you've been with me for any time, you know that I very much enjoy doing comedy improv. And in this particular segment, we are going to take your questions on anything. Ask us anything. It doesn't have to be about knitting. It can totally be about knitting. But whatever, you ask the question and we will give you an answer here on the show. Now, like I said, it's based off of an improv game, which has an element of the unknown. Now, I do follow the Ravelry boards, and I know the questions that you are asking. However, head number two has never heard these questions before. I will read out the question, and we will put our two heads together here, live on the podcast for the first time, never rehearsed, and give you a unique answer to any question that you may have. So without further ado and further explanation, I give you the Craft Life Two-Headed Oracle. So welcome to the podcast, head number two of the Craft Life Two-Headed Oracle. Are you ready to get started, head number two? I am. Today's question is from Gumby Goo Goo on Ravelry, who writes... Could you address the myths and truths surrounding knitting for your boyfriend or husband? Should you or shouldn't you? If you should, how long should you wait to undertake such a risky venture? Knitting is a long time event that will take you a long time. But if you are looking for a good project to do for your boyfriend, you should always try new things. If you find something that is nice and always soft, you can knit that when it is the last thing on your plate. You must knit everything else when it makes the most sense. often used to refer to poorer inhabitants of rural southern areas, people who labor outdoors leading to sunburned skin, particularly on the back of the neck. Usage example, that redneck boy you hired is doing a heck of a job with that tractor. You knew we had to address redneck sooner or later, right? Yeah, I've been putting off addressing this word as a southernism 
because really it is a word full, full of conflicting connotations. Redneck is is just a multi-layered word. But my mother sent me a birthday card this year and it challenged me to, quote, test your redneck vocabulary. And you know, I read this card and my first thought was, oh my gosh, this is so going to fit in a Southernism segment. And when I opened it, my mom had written on the inside cover, here's some more Southernisms. So I think now is the definitely the time to, to talk a little bit about what a redneck is. Well, rednecks, they're basically a subculture of Southerners. Not all Southerners are rednecks, but most rednecks are Southerners. Now, there are people in the West who will argue with me that there are rednecks in the West, and yes, I completely agree. But being from the South, I, I tend to think of them more as coming from the South. The term redneck is sometimes used in a derogatory manner. Often, if someone calls someone else a redneck, it implies a lack of education or a, a tendency towards, towards bigotry or closed-mindedness. However, the term redneck has been reclaimed by many Southerners who wear it as, as they wear it as a label with, with pride. Uh, in this case, it kind of implies, it implies a hard work ethic and strong family values, kind of wrapped up in, in a rural or like a country lifestyle. Growing up in a small town in the South, I, I knew plenty of rednecks. I went to school with rednecks who fit mm, both of these different definitions. So like I said, it's such a multi-layered word and, and definitely may require a little more research. And if you are looking to do a bit more research on rednecks, there are a couple of places you can look. First, I would suggest checking out the music video Redneck Woman by singer-songwriter Gretchen Wilson. If nothing else, it's a great song and it's a lot of fun to watch. I will have a link to that video on the show notes so you can just do a simple click and go check it out. If you think you or someone you know might be a redneck, you might want to check out the comedy of Jeff Foxworthy. He has a, just a ton of you might be a redneck stories and jokes. And he will he will list some of the ways you might can be able to, to tell if you or a friend of yours might be a redneck. And if you are a bit brave and you want to move beyond Gretchen Wilson and Jeff Foxworthy, you might want to check out the comedy of Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, Larry the Cable Guy. You know, I'm not going to say any more than that. If you know who I'm talking about, you know I don't need to say anything else. But I will have a link to his website on the show notes as well. So, as I mentioned, I got this card from my mother for my birthday. And I will go ahead right now and share with you a few of the words that came on the card and see if you can test your redneck vocabulary by using these words in a sentence. The first word is bass. That was the bass moonshine I ever had. Yep, there you go, sentence number one. Cheer. Happy sure don't like sitting in his rocking chair. Mm-hmm. Okay, number three. Ranch. Can you hand me the ranch from my toolbox? <laughs> oh, I've heard that one before. Okay, next word is did. There's a did possum in the middle of the road. Well, I can tell you I've certainly seen a number of those. And the next word is barred. I barred that El Camino from my cousin Jimmy. The next word is rat. Go down to the road and make a rat turn at the bait shop. I suppose that will get you where you're needing to go. 
And the next word is all, A-W-L. I need to get a quarter all from an outboard motor. And the last word is far. My still blew up and caught on far. Well, there you go. There are you a few redneck vocabulary words. You can try them in conversation. Uh, if you do and you're not a redneck or you're not from the South, let me know how that goes over by leaving me a comment in the show notes. After all of that, I think it's time we get along to a little crafty and knitting talk, don't you? Santa Claus was very, very good to me this year at Christmas. So good, in fact, that he brought me a half of a share of fiber from the Jacobs Reward Farm CSA. I mentioned Jacobs Reward early on in the podcast, and it's something that I had just discovered in my area. It is a CSA farm, meaning that you purchase a share in the farm, and then once the harvest comes in, you get a portion of that share. So I have a half of a share in Jacob's Reward Farm, and that means once shearing time gets here, I'm very much looking forward to getting a lovely collection of sheep and alpaca fleece that I will definitely be be working up on my drop spindles. And speaking of drop spindles, I also got two brand new drop spindles. From Texas Jeans on Etsy, I took a little bit of my Christmas money and purchased a hand-turned wooden spindle. This is a top-whirl spindle. Both of my spindle purchases were actually top-whirl spindles. I have one drop spindle and it's a bottom-whirl, and I thought I'd give this top-whirl a try. The one I purchased from Texas Jeans is made from a, just a very beautifully grained cocobolo wood that was used for the top-whirl. And the shaft is made of flamed maple, and it's finished with a high gloss. And this spindle is gorgeous. I will have a picture of it on the show notes for you to take a look at. It, it's, it's just got very, very beautiful details and color. And, oh, it's just, it's just a good, high-quality spindle. And I'm very excited about using it. It weighs about an ounce and a half. And the whorl measures two and five eighths inches, and the shaft is about 11 and five eighths inches long. They do add a notch at either three, six, or nine on the whorl. If you request it, they do that at no extra charge. And so I did have them add me a notch. I was very excited to get this one in the mail, and it was the first one that I took for a test spin. The other spindle I purchased from Spinitude on Etsy as well. This one weighs an ounce and a tenth. It has a whorl diameter of 2.75 inches and is a total length of 11 inches, and that includes the hook. This spindle is just cute. It is a resin whorl that has a rainbow lollipop in the middle of it. Uh, according to her description, she prints the, the pictures on a transparency and then it floats the transparency in the middle of the resin. So it's really nice to watch this, especially being a top whorl spindle. Whenever I spin, I can just watch the little rainbow go round and round and round. It's very hypnotic, <laughs> but it is a lot of fun to spin with as well. One of the things that I've noticed uh, spinning with these top whirl spindles, both of the spindles, so I'm thinking it's maybe just a thing with top whirls, is that I have to loop the yarn around the hook more than once. With a bottom whirl spindle, I wind the yarn up the shaft until it reaches the hook. So it's it's approaching the hook 
from a fairly straight angle. But on a top whirl spindle, it's approaching the hook at a very severe angle. So I, in order to keep the spindle from flying off of the yarn and unrolling, which believe me, has happened more than once as I've, as I've tried out these new top whirls, I've had to wrap it around the hook a number of times. Being a new spinner, I don't know if this is is just par for the course, if this is just a normal way that you handle a top whirl spindle. So if you are a hand spindler and you can shed any light on this, it's not really a problem, but it's just kind of something that I, I noticed that I need to be sure to do in order to keep control of the yarn. If you, if you know that this is just a normal thing, uh, leave me a comment in the show notes and let me know because I'm really kind of curious about that. The wool that I am spinning up on these drop spindles is an Icelandic fleece that was kindly gifted to me by the lovely Lilibet on a Ravelry. My plans for this is to make it into a three-ply yarn, and I believe I, I have at least enough for a hat. So I'm excited to, to finally get it all spun up and plied. I will have a picture of both of my new spindles on the show notes, so you can take a look at that and, um, and, and my progress thus far on the spinning of that fleece. Do you remember the very special request project that I was working on for Adam? Yes, this is the Dovahkiin Gamer Gauntlets. They are a pair of mittens that have a glove for the thumb and first finger that is convertible. And they also kind of look like a pair of dragon scale gauntlets. Well, I have finished the Dovahkiin Gamer Gauntlets. They are done and off the needles and all they need is a little bit of blocking. Well, almost. You see, as I was trying to figure out how to make these convertible fingertips, my first trial with glove number one worked, but it looked kind of shabby. So I tried a different way on glove number two by picking up the bars underneath the knit stitches from the outside of the glove and adding on the convertible tops that way. And that has proved to most certainly provide a just a better looking finished project. So while they are both completed and they are both off of the needles, I do need to rip back the fingertips on the first gauntlet and re-knit them so that they match up with a second. But other than that, I'm, I'm done with them and, and I know that Adam is ready for me to re-knit those fingertips, so I'll have to get on those pretty quickly while it's still cold outside because the whole point of these gauntlets is for him to keep his hands warm while he's playing video games in the man cave. So while the weather is still cold, I need to finish up those fingertips and, and pass them on to him and be done because people, this is the only thing I worked on from Christmas until the end of January. This is how determined I was to be finished and, and complete these gauntlets. And it was, it was hard at the end. So I just need to buckle down and redo the fingertips and just be done and, and be completely done with these gauntlets. Once I did get finished with the second gauntlet though, I moved immediately on to a new project. This one I knit with the Peregrine hand spun, if you remember, that I made for the Treacle and Ink Goes Pink fundraiser. Well, this yarn did not sell, so I kept it in my stash and I pulled it out to cast on and to knit a pair of fingerless mitts. I have a pair of, of, of fingerless, you know, fingerless gloves that, that actually have all of the individual fingers knit that store-bought and they're in really bad shape and they're falling apart and I just needed to knit a nice pair because I do wear them frequently I wear them all day at work 
So I pulled out my Peregrine Handspun and looked up on Ravelry and decided to go with the Figure 8 Mitts by Dorothy Jane. This is a free Ravelry pattern. It's knit with size 5 straight needles. Normally I do things in the round, so why did I decide to knit these on straight needles, you may ask? Well, I discovered as I was knitting the Dovahkiin Gamer Gauntlets that I was getting I was getting the ladder where the DPNs join. I've never had this problem before, and I don't know what it was about the Gamer Gauntlets that, that I was finally getting this issue where you have a larger gap between the stitches where your DPNs meet. And I pulled tighter on those stitches. I pulled tighter on the stitches next to the joining stitches and nothing seemed to work. So I was tired of seeing these ladders. And so I decided to knit these new fingerless mitts on straight needles and just seam them up to just to avoid that whole problem altogether. I have avoided the problem, but I've run into a new one. You see, I did a gauge swatch for these mitts. I was a good knitter. I gauge swatched and my gauge matched on the nose. But these mitts are too small. I'm hoping that when I block them, I don't know, I can stretch them out enough. I can squeeze them on my, my hands, but it certainly takes some effort. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll block them. Once I get done sewing up the second one, I've already finished sewing and seaming the first one. Once I get finished sewing and seaming the second one and get them blocked, I'll let you know if I'm able to stretch them out enough so that they fit comfortably because they fit, but just not comfortably right now. And the only other crafty thing that I've been working on is the new website, which has definitely taken up a good bit of time. So you can find pictures of all of the things that I am working on on the show notes, which is located on the new Craft Life website. Before I sign off for today, I did want to point you towards something that I found while I was researching the sweater curse. I ran into a book called Curse of the Boyfriend Sweater, written by Patricia and Adam Schreiber. It was published in late 2011, and while I haven't read the book yet, it seems like a pretty interesting idea. So any of you book lovers out there might want to give this book a sneak peek. And speaking of sneak peeks, I will give you a little bit of one right now. There is an excerpt from chapter one on the website for the book, which I will have linked in the show notes. And uh, just to give you a little taste of what's going on, here is how the book opens. It happened in seconds. In New York City, everything moves so quickly. Seldom does time slow down enough that you are able to recognize the carefully worked seed stitch on a hand-knit dark blue merino wool sweater, especially on a girl blazing past you at rush hour speed. But I saw it. It was my sweater. I had spent months transforming ten balls of extra-fine merino wool into a stunning gift for my boyfriend. He obviously never cared how much time I spent picking up stitches and making sure each knit and purl were perfect. Obviously, he never cared how I tailored the sweater just for him, taking clandestine measurements when he wasn't looking or was dozing beside me. I spent all of my spare time on this beautiful sweater, sneaking in hours when Dennis wasn't home in order to make sure it was a surprise. Why was she wearing the sweater that I knitted for him?
breaks my heart And I love the way we are As close as you've ever seen We two will never part In colors nice and dark I knit with shiny yarn I give just for him to wear To show I'll always care Because everything we do we do together I know that we'll be two forever Side by side until the end We've been inseparable since it all did begin Our love is strong now more than ever I know we'll always have each other So I knit my boyfriend a sweater Yeah, I knit my boyfriend a sweater Ever, ever, a-a-a I knit my boyfriend a sweater Ever, ever, a-a-a I knit my boyfriend a sweater Ever, ever, a-a-a I knit my boyfriend a sweater Ever, ever, a-a-a Now I can't find him at all He don't return my calls He's been away so long I don't know what went wrong He said I'm a nice girl But I don't rock his world Said we should just be friends And that's where our story ends Because everything we did, we did together I thought that we'd be two forever Side by side until the end We'd been inseparable since it all did begin Our love was strong then more than ever I thought we'd always have each other Till I knit my boyfriend a sweater Yeah, I knit my boyfriend a sweater Ever, ever, eh, eh, eh I knit my boyfriend a sweater Ever, ever, eh, eh, eh I knit my boyfriend a sweater With perfect decrease on the arms Perfect shape and perfect form And made by me
As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email treacleandink at hotmail.com. The website has moved to find show notes for this episode and all the other episodes, as well as some other goodies. You can check out craftlifecentral.com. On Ravelry and Facebook, my name is Treacle and Ink. You can join the Craft Life group on Ravelry, and you can follow me on Twitter as Craft Life. Join me again in the next podcast episode, and in the meantime, go check out the new website. Until then, thanks so much, and have a great week. Thank you.